Uh, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday to you all. I hope you all are excited and thrilled about coming to Daily Devotions as I am this morning. So, but thank you so much for joining us. And uh, today we're going to be in Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. And there's going to be at least three episodes that fit together that uh, tell us something about Jesus and his mission. Uh, uh, as he's on his way into Jerusalem to accomplish his father's work, that is to go, to be persecuted, to suffer, to die, and to rise again for our sins. So the drama is more densely packed. Uh, there's a lot that's going on and a, a lot that Mark wants to show us through the things that Jesus is doing. And uh, we're actually going to, for our purposes, for the devotional today, pass over the beginning few verses which talk, uh, which address, uh, that describe Jesus's triumphal entry, and then uh, jump right into a, a passage that, on the whole, I think has been, it's a passage that there's a natural response to, to how to handle it. Uh, one is to just basically disregard it entirely because it's either difficult or it seems out of character with Jesus and we just don't know how to, how to handle it or to misinterpret it altogether. And I think for most of us, our temptation to come to this passage is just to look over it, to, to, to uh, say, well, that's very interesting, Jesus. Uh, I don't know why you're doing that, so I'll just keep going. And I want us to pause long enough to be able to wrestle with some of the more difficult passages in Scripture, because if it was important for, for Mark to show us, then I think it, it's important that we listen. And this passage uh, is often referred to as Jesus's cursing of the fig tree. But the key to understanding this you have to understand a certain literary device that Mark is especially fond of. And I want to try and explain that for you before we jump into this passage. So Mark, Mark is the sort of person, I can relate to Mark in this way, where if you're uh, uh, scavenging and uh, through and, and rummaging through the, the the refrigerator through leftovers and you're looking at all these different things to eat. My inclination is to start pulling things out and look at all of it and say, what of all these things can I use to make a sandwich? Because a sandwich is just the thing that I, I love. Uh, I crave it almost as much as I crave pizza oftentimes that if I can take all of these ingredients together and make them accessible and delicious in a sandwich form, then uh, that's going to be delicious. Mark is a sandwich maker. And what do I mean by that? Is that he has a literary device. Uh, in the way that he arranges his material, he does it in sandwich form, where he'll introduce uh, one thing He'll lay something else on top of it as a middle and then use the same thing that's from the bottom and then sandwich it on top so that everything fits together in like a sandwich form. And so why does he do this is because he'll use 
the the nature of the beginning and the nature of the end that is sort of uh, a way of interpreting, a way of understanding the thing that's going on in the middle. He does this, has done this previously in the way passages where he'll talk about the way of discipleship and introduce it with a man who is healed of blindness and uh, it takes two stages or it's a partial healing and then a full healing and then there's a complete healing of, of, of a blind man on the other end so that that through this way of discipleship in the middle that it's sandwiched by these two healings of blind men it's like the way of discipleship is becoming clearer as Jesus is showing, he's opening their eyes, the eyes of his disciples, as to what discipleship actually means. And so Mark, he makes sandwiches all throughout his, his gospel. He's, he's constantly making sandwiches. And here uh, is actually a mistake on my part in the way that we arrange this material because I've given you in this passage, in verses Mark 11, verses 1 through 19, which is really going to be only focusing on verses 12 through 19, I've given you the first piece of bread, which is the cursing of a fig tree. And then there's the meat of the passage, where Jesus is cleansing out the temple. And tomorrow, you're going to get the last piece of bread, where the fig tree is actually withered. And, and so, I want you to, to put... Today's passage and tomorrow, or today's devotional and tomorrow's devotional together, because tomorrow you're going to get the final piece of the bread to make a Markin sandwich. But what we have together with the first piece of bread, with this cursing of the fig tree and the cleansing of the temple, is going to be enough for us to understand, at least in some measure, what's going on in the temple and why Jesus is doing the things that he's doing. So, and why it's important for us. So let's read through the Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 19. And it says this, The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned their, the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations? He's quoting Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7 there. But you have made a den of robbers, in quoting Jeremiah seven eleven. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. So, with Jesus doing this cursing of the fig tree and uh, and, and telling to the fig tree where where 
uh, he's saying, may, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. What he was doing was a symbolic prophetic act of what it is that, that for us to interpret what it is that's happening and what's about to happen in Jerusalem. That in the same way that Jesus looked at this fig tree that had leaves, that was alive, that bared an appearance of being fruitful, was not bearing the kind of fruit that it was designed to bear. And because of that, it was cut off. And so in the same way, when Jesus comes to Jerusalem, he's looking for something that's bearing fruit. And it's alive, it, it bears uh, leaves that tell you it's alive. But a, a tree that's alive, that doesn't bear fruit, is a, still a worthless tree. And so as he's looking at what's going on in Jerusalem, he's seeing that it's alive. It's doing a lot of things, but it's not bearing the sort of fruit that it was designed to bear, that God desires for it to bear. Fruits of repentance, fruits of righteousness, actions that are befitting of people who belong to the kingdom of God, it's not there. And he is driving it out and saying, my house, this house, my father's house, it's going to be called a house of prayer. But what it is that you've made of it is there's no prayer here. This has become a den of robbers. Uh, my father's presence isn't here. The people who are here are not here to pray and to meet with God. They're here to do business, to do transactions, to think that they could buy the blessing of God through, through a payment of a sacrifice. That all of these things, these are all leaves. These are all uh, appearances of being uh, 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 alive. But, uh, but if there's no fruit, then there's no point for it to, to be there. So in the same way as we're about to see tomorrow, that judgment is coming on this fig tree, that judgment is also coming on these people through Jesus, and he has the authority to do so. If, if there's any question of whether or not he has the authority to do so by now, we should know if we've been paying attention, but I digress. But why that sort of thing, that message is instructive for us today is you probably hear me talking a lot uh, about the importance of having a living relationship with Jesus. And it's important that we are living Christians, that we have a living relationship with a living God. But to remember that the purpose of having a living relationship with a living God is to have a life that bears fruit, that bears good fruit, that the change that God has brought about in our hearts in making us alive in him actually translates to a changed life, changed actions, changed attitudes, renewed commitments, in short, the fruit of obedience to God's words, so that our actions are ones that are in response to God's authoritative word in our lives, that the work that God does in saving us, making us alive in him, translates to obedience. It's like, uh, as, as it's put so pointedly in the Gospel of John, where, where Jesus says to his disciples, you are my friends if you, 
if you obey my commandments. And that the mark of a fruitful Christian is a Christian who walks in obedience to the word of God. To say, here's what I believe. Here's how God has affected my heart. This is how he is sanctifying me. And the evidence, the fruit of what's happening in this is wrought through action. So here's the question. For the changes that God has brought in your heart and in your life, how are those reflected in your actions? Have you been obedient to the word of God today? Have you been negligent? Have there, like the parable of the sower, have you received the word of God with enthusiasm but not followed through with action? Have you um, allowed the word of God to take root in your heart but that you've let other things uh, compete with your devotion to follow through with what God is, has, has called you to do, to walk through with obedience. And to be sure, obedience doesn't save us, o but obedience to the word of God is the proper response to the work that God has already done in our lives, to that he has enabled us to actually be a people who listen to God's word and are obedient to him, but we have to follow through with action. Otherwise, we're no better we are no better than a fig tree that has lots of leaves that is alive but bears no fruit. We have to be Christians who bear fruit. So thank you so much for taking the time to uh, enjoy daily devotions with us. Uh, I pray God would bless you and keep you. And I look forward to seeing you on Sundays and Wednesdays when we get to, to do life together um, and to learn how to put God's word into action. And so... Uh, I'll see you next time and take care.